0: those demons ghosts outside screaming you can run but you can't hide you can't scare me i'm already dead inside that's just fun i remember too even in college getting a bunch of like a friend who just had a field For some reason. And we all had um, just Roman candles. You know those ones? You always had a friend with a field. Yeah. (laughs) Someone's got a field in your group of friends. And those Roman candles are those large stick ones that you light and they just keep shooting out. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just had wars with those. Yeah. 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 You just fire them at each other. So dangerous, but so fun. Yeah. I think I got a scar on my arm. From those? From... They always warn I you about like them firing back into your chest, but th- that was never a problem. That never happened. Can you? What is being launched? Like, what is? Is it just like a a tiny compressed matter of glowy, S- the colored something carbonate, whatever? <laughs> what I'm wondering is, you as a baseball guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> <if> I, <laughs> could I, <laughs> could you could you bat one of those? If I launch them ma- at this, might be something we should test out. Now that we're on the topic of uh, mm. pyromania. I just, I, I really want to launch Roman candles at you with a bat and see if you can like hit one of them. Yes. Okay. I can hit a Roman candle before I'm struck out. Before you're struck out? <laughs> I think you, you have like six or seven in a single shot. Yeah. We could try it. I'm going to do it. I'd love to see what would happen, like if it would just all just uh, disintegrate, or if it would launch. Yeah, if it'll keep going. <laughs> yeah, like, if my little hit will be a little home run. But they're only lit for like a second. In the you're air. right. So we'll have to I'll have to shoot it really close to you. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> and if the roman candles don't work, we might just have to upgrade to like regular fireworks. Just, just little bottle rockets. Just, just firing like, bottle rockets at me. I was thinking like the full scale explosive fireworks, <laughs> just right at you, and then you hit them not even going to start with bottle rockets no go big go big or blow up well this has concluded a very dangerous discussion Mm -hmm. on awesome fireworks awesome fireworks great discussion for the first episode of year two of the text chris dave saw massacre welcome to year two scaredy cats we somehow made it Mm mm-hmm haven't killed each other haven't died of conversation Nope. Um, and as we always plan to do, now that we've done our first year of horror movies, we're going to swap on over to rom-coms now. We're going to do While You Were Sleeping three times. Because <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I don't have I don't have a ton of examples to follow this up. Of Sandra Bullock rom-coms? Yeah. Miscongeniality. Miscongeniality too. What am I trying to impress you with the amount of Sandra Bullock movies that I know? It's working. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh let's go back to the movie we did uh one year ago now so just kind of like what it's gonna strike twice huh yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna rehash all the things we did by following up with their shittier sequels yeah i tried to listen to episode one a little bit we Ooh. just made popcorn in the first we did that's we adorable no but it was popping in on a microphone that's hilarious there was no background back on that microphone <laughs> No, that was that's the worst audio quality, which is why most of you probably haven't heard that <laughs> yeah. episode. So you you may not know that our first episode that we ever recorded was The Exorcist. Yes. Yeah, and that was a year ago ish. We came out of the gate with just a huge classic. Um I had seen it. You hadn't. That's right. Right, yeah, and uh, it, it's funny too because um, we're like, hey, we're doing a horror podcast and it, 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 it's all really new and exciting and we're big fans. It's like, mm-hmm. have you seen this movie, Dave? I'm like, no. It's like, you're a self-proclaimed horror fan. And you haven't seen The Exorcist? Yeah. <laughs> I give you a hard time about that? <laughs> Immediately. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the first thing we do. <laughs> but we also say um, in that first episode where we watch The Exorcist, we say that we are not, this podcast is not just about watching the good horror movies, but also potentially the bad that was a great disclaimer for us to do right off the bat, because this one, the second Exorcist movie, it it looks pretty bad. Yeah, I think it's regarded as pretty bad. 20% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Which <laughs> is not the worst. No, no, we've uh, definitely seen worse things than that, and and even potentially enjoyed them, but I yeah. don't think that there's a lot of hope for this one. No, no. Um famously the writer director stars of the first one wanted nothing to do with the sequel. They didn't <laughs> want to get involved at all. They're like no, this is a terrible terrible idea. Um finally they somehow convinced Linda Blair, who's in this one again, the kid. Yeah, yep, she's she, here. Reagan's back. Reagan's back. Somehow a script convinced her to do this one. It was like a good enough script. She's like, "Okay, fine. I'll do it. Might as well." And then they kept she said they kept rewriting the script, but she was already contractually locked in. So it Ooh, just Oh, that's smart. It ended up getting so bad, but she had to she had to do the movie. I just I, I wonder. I don't know how this can be that bad. I'm really curious to see what it's going to be about. Yeah, cuz well, the old the other one was or the first one was really 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 good. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a classic. Yeah. Hard uh, to follow up something like that. Yeah, I guess so. But um Mhm. She didn't want to she agreed that she would do it as long as she didn't have to put makeup on. Again. Right. <laughs> that horrible makeup she had to go through. Exactly. I thought it was very traumatizing. So they put makeup on a double <laughs> that looked like her. <laughs> so I mean, that's already something we should look out for when we're watching this movie. Yeah. Um also the Richard double. Burton, who plays the um one of the main priests in this one. Mm-hmm. Um apparently he's sober at the beginning of the movie when they started filming, and he just he started just drinking more heavily and heavily across the shooting of the film. <laughs> So we should watch his performance go from sober to inebriated, apparently across the film, which is something very fun to look out for. Oh, awesome! Who yeah. is he? Who is he in this movie? Uh, priest. I don't know. Just priest guy. Priest dude. Cool. Um, and a James Earl Jones is in this one. He is. Yeah, apparently. Holy shit! Yeah. Crazy! So, I did not know that. So I think it's Kokomo. Is it? So look for Kokomo. Yeah. Okay, look for Kokomo Vader. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. That'll, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know what to... Too much to say. Uh, it was pulled out of theaters twice. What, once it was what? launched by the studio to do re-edits. What? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of that happening before. I, <laughs> nope, I haven't. So the was they, in theaters. They're like, no, take it back, take it back. We got we to change some things. They put it in the theater and then they're like, this isn't working. We have to take... Wow. Pulled it out, re-edited it, put it back in a second time and then re-edited it again. Uh. (laughs) so we're in for a doozy but i guess the shining light at the end of the tunnel is that exorcist three is supposed to be pretty solid cool so one year from now we'll make (laughs) up for it um so yeah who knows who knows how limited our conversation will be after so we may as well talk quickly about our fun horror day that we had a few weeks ago right yeah that was that was great we went to the theater as we as we do sometimes and just made a day of watching some throwaway movies yep um we watched jigsaw we watched happy death day Mm -hmm. and we watched geostorm yeah so all movies that we know we wouldn't do we would never do a precious episode on yeah exactly we wouldn't waste our breath doing a full episode as horror fans like you scaredy cats we want we're curious enough to want to see everything yeah we have to go see the next the new saw movie Uh we're gonna of course we're going to see happy death day gotta see happy death day the concept is just way too enticing to not see it and geostorm just by the sheer fact that they spent 150 million dollars on a movie like that we we have to see what it's all about yeah where did that cash go (laughs) yeah like that's such a ludicrous amount of money and that made me like look up other disaster movies and i guess it makes sense that they all cost a ton all that cgi i guess Yeah. yeah yeah and uh and i pay for the actors i'm sure yeah gerard butler got his share i'm sure mm-hmm. um but uh that one in the effects there was at least some stuff to look at in geostorm it looked great some the, of the effects looked fantastic the, the freezing over of people the flash freezing oh where the they're best running part. because of the so that ice storm was just approaching a beautiful sunny beach right yeah and people are running away from the ice and you're watching this frost like consume people as you go that was that was yeah. fun just watching them freeze solid and, uh, that yeah. was great and i think our expectations were flipped i think we assumed yeah. that happy death day would be the best and with, geostorm would be the worst that was without a doubt what i assumed yeah with jigsaw somewhere in the middle Mm-mm. and it just it was the exact opposite for us yeah i am so blown away at how bad happy death day was Un- unbelievably bad and it, i think it has the ratings and reviews that are out there are way too generous with this one yeah well that movie was like just slop dialogue it was terrible horrible characters horrible dialogue like just nightmarish like a waste of like the that sort of time looping i know it was so bad it's such a fun idea but it was just executed so badly yeah and i mean i think part of the red flag that we should have seen earlier is the fact that it is like a pg-13 horror movie yeah which means that the deaths are not going to be that interesting Yep, um, and you want to know what's so funny about that, just for me, uh-huh. is Happy Death Day comes out, and I was pretty excited for it. It was really bad, um, and it the the circle of it was um, she dies at the end of the day, and then wakes up to that song playing on her cell phone in the mm-hmm. morning, mm-hmm. and then the day repeats itself. What's the song again? Um, oh, it was some like Birthday. Okay. Like, it's your birthday. Dance oh, your yeah, dad yeah, calling yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Something like that. Wasn't um, it... Um, in the club, Fifty Cent. Yao Was it's that it? Shebert. Yeah, I don't know. Some, some, maybe somewhere. Yeah, I feel like it. It maybe, probably. Hmm. Anyway, um, that was basically then the premise of um, a couple weeks ago episode of Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> that it was identical. That they were at a party on the ship, um, so and then the ship was destroyed. At the end of every like thirty four minutes or something, right? So we kept seeing all the characters die, and then this song starts playing in the same zooming in shot in the same setup where they're all sitting in the party. It kept happening over and over again, but that episode was really good. <laughs> was yeah, like, I really enjoyed it. Start even next generation has a bunch of awesome weird loopy uh, situations mm. like that. Like I love I love those self contained ones. There's one Star Trek where the main character is just the Doctor of that episode, and basically. Ca- Other crew members keep disappearing, but everyone else acts like they were never there to begin with. Mm. So they're like, oh, where's Riker? Who's Riker? But then it'll happen more and more until there's eventually just three people on the ship. And like, it's always just been us three on the ship. (laughs) Like, it's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. So basically, Star Trek is much better at executing some of these concepts than at least Happy Death Day was. was, uh, It was just abysmally bad. The main protagonist... I mean, we we commented a bit on this on the day, but the main protagonist—you're 20 minutes into the movie and you hate her. This is not a, oh, yeah. this is not a good person. She just treats everyone like shit. Yeah, and you don't—you're not rooting for her at all. You're hoping that she dies. Yeah. as many times as possible. Yeah, and there's like very little consequence. The building action just didn't like occur. She's like, I can only do this so many times. I guess was like the yeah. only conflict. Like, yeah. and then for it to be oh, it's just like a killer in the area that one of her frat sisters set up to get her killed by like eh. the, the right like there this. was no payoff like it didn't make sense that this loop was happening i know like, just real real half ass it was a waste yeah so, a waste of a good concept yeah um Mm-hmm. which geostorm turned out not to be <laughs> no no no. so then i guess jigsaw kind of fell right in the middle it, it was a little below my expectations it just it yeah. was exactly like another late saw movie yeah if if anything maybe a little bit worse i didn't think yeah. you know, like the traps are very clever like right. they were kind of just getting dragged through stuff and they had to quickly react right you know it wasn't a great like make your choice between blank and blank mm-hmm. like the one with the syringes uh um, oh yeah where they just stabbed all in the throat and they're getting hung yeah they're all just hanging from like chains and then the the one guy's flailing back and forth with three syringes in his hands like, yeah. i'm <laughs> like this is real this is real precise classic saw writing mm-hmm. this, this stupid chain flailing scene right <laughs> it was so stupid and then like the effect there was kind of good but when, yeah when yeah she yeah. got acid in her blood and stuff that it bad. did make me go like Ooh, when they were in the silo and just the blades kept kind of falling down on them. Oh yeah, like yeah. then I was kind of biting my nails a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, watch out for that random blade just <laughs> coming right into you. Yeah, that was that was all right. I didn't like that that big machine that was just spinning. Oh yeah, they'd like it was such a build up to that stupid little thing, and it just wasn't that exciting at all. No, and then the whole like. Every Saw movie at the end has that kind of like the the music kind of builds up and you're getting the reveal and you're finding out what happened. It's a, In the first movie, it's so effective. Yeah. Right? When you find out Jigsaw is on the floor there the whole time. That's such an exciting payoff. But then yeah. every single Saw movie, they tried to replicate that same moment at the end by having some kind of exciting, weird twist. Mm-hmm. And the one in this one was that, yeah, Jigsaw, he is he's still dead, but he set up all these things 10 years ago. And this guy is now following yeah. through on the puzzles. Yeah. I don't know. If they dumbly faked out that he was alive yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. And then he wasn't. Uh as you expected and then the guy he didn't really care much about turned out to be the bad guy and then he starfished the other dude's head like he's a Stranger Things monster with plasma cutters from the totally it was so dumb you you said it perfectly the guy we didn't care much about I didn't give a shit like it's when they revealed I'm like okay cool you're the bad guy I don't care Yeah, you haven't done anything to make me care (laughs) and I was so bored at any of the moments of drama in the film Mm -hmm. where there'd be characters and there's some kind of romantic tension like just move on to the puzzles this means nothing to me yeah the puzzles are barely keeping me so <laughs> please at least move on go to back them. to those shitty things yeah there but the, if you think about it like i, I think of saws like you had to dig behind your own eye or you know you got to cut off a pound of your own flesh it started at the beginning they had to like zzz themselves a little bit on the saw mm-hmm. z- shed a little blood and jigsaw is just watching theoretically or you know the the game master's just watching yeah there's no precision there was no like cool like it's all been set up and you just have to play it out now it was like He's watching, and once you do the thing, he'll then he'll make the next activate. phase happen. Yeah, yeah, it's like all human agency rather than a, a perfect An awesome trap. machine that's yeah, uh, perpetuating itself or e- exactly. itself go yeah. forward. One of two things are going to happen because of the machine. Yeah. You know, either dig the key out of behind your eye or your head explodes or whatever. Totally. It should have. I mean, it's been a few years since the Saw movie. It should have been better. They should have oh, yeah. had better, yeah. stronger writing. It, it should have been more interesting. Instead, it just felt like it's been like mm-hmm. a single year since the Saw movie, and we're just getting another rehashing of... A not so great plot yeah yeah and like uh, the central idea of like admit your guilt like that's where all started and then like everyone did but that didn't matter not at all you know even the guy who turned out to be the bad guy did too when he had the stupid things around his head yeah is why do it yeah you're just killing these people for revenge like it was the earliest ones have like an equal balance of like admitting your guilt to the actual consequences of the game to some kind of resolution. Yeah. this it, just, it, it didn't all add up. Here. No, not nothing at all. was balanced. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it but it, it, it still is a little exciting in some of those traps. Like when the guy's leg is in the floor there and he has to reach for the thing, you do kind of like cringe a little bit when he's reaching and you're like, is it going to rip him open? What's going to happen here? Yeah, and But those are the only semi-exciting moments in the, whole, in the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, but then I like even have a problem with that. Like there's in that room that they were in, it's there's like a door that says you can't, don't yeah. go this way. Yeah. And if you break the rules, that's you get punished for it. And so he went to go and open that door. And how he was punished for breaking the rules is his foot fell through a strategically placed weak spot in the floor mm-hmm. where he like that's so I don't know that's not, that's really stupid to me. You, you lose your leg if you try to go and disobey the rules. Then. Yeah, but with like a Roadrunner and Coyote kind of trap. We're like, ooh, the floorboard's weak in this one spot, but we'll cover it with leaves so he doesn't see it. Well, I thought it was just a stupid, stupid move from that character to run up. Like, yeah. of course you should inspect. You're in a trap room. Yeah, you have established that. Inspect every element before you step on something. And yeah, creaky wood floor... I just don't walk on that thing. Yeah, and so is the trap that he didn't look closely enough at the wood floor, so he gets punished by losing a leg. <laughs> like your bride got the best of you. You tried to <laughs> do a quick escape all throughout your life. You've tried quick escapes, but now your leg will be the one caught in the trap you've set for yourself. Now <laughs> your leg will escape your body. I, yeah. I just want one of the characters to be like, "Can you say that again? I don't, I don't understand I don't, what jigsaw." I thought it was clear. <laughs> That was clear. Quick escapes. Ooh. We always try. <laughs> yeah, here's another thing. Billy the Puppet. Great, great little thing, but they gave him weird, glowy-ass eyes yeah. in this one to try to make him different. Why? I think this is the first time that they've done the glowy-eye thing, because it stood out to me as quite weird. Mm. It, it looked weird and wrong to me. Like, is yeah. this the new iteration? Why? Because it sucks. Yeah, and um, wasn't there, like, uh the part where they were hanging the chains? Mm-hmm. Wasn't, like, he had to, like, reach over and, like, gr- grab the tape recorder off of the to pause the chains momentarily, yeah. The the game is so weird. All those little details, like you, if you don't play this tape recorder, all of you hang and die. Yeah, I'm like what's the justice there? I know, I know. It's it's so fluke that they didn't just all die right away, right off the bat. Yeah, like, exactly. That's not how Jigsaw, as I know Jigsaw, would set up a puzzle. Yeah, yeah, and then the the guy with his clever fake out who was in the bucket helmet right at the beginning and mm-hmm. he didn't actually get killed in the beginning. I'm like, it, it was weak that was a week that we all did. All all uh, all yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, just I... no stakes. You walk out of there and we were just like, next, come on. Yeah. Come on. Happy death day. Happy to De- please. You won't it. let us down. And it, it did let us down. Oh, it let us down, which, so we were just in the depths of hell. For watching bad movies <laughs> when we walked into the 150 million dollar geostorm <laughs> and i honestly think that that is the best possible way to watch something like geostorm because we had just suffered through two movies yeah. of horrible writing horrible acting horrible plot holes mm-hmm. which made geostorm look great in comparison yeah geostorm like and it was dog shit it wasn't like a great movie like the dialogue was unbelievably terrible totally but it was delivered by Professional actors. Yeah. Gerard Butler did it great. Ed Harris is in it. Ed Harris was great in it. Yeah. But we we've been we made a few jokes since then about like some of like the plot points that come up is like we need to the science. Yeah, we need the kill codes. (laughs) We need to steal the president's kill codes. The president (laughs) is is the the kill kill codes. codes. We need to kidnap the president. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> sure it's, thing. It can, it's at least like funny, cheesy yeah. in a certain way. Yeah, and those effect sequences are great. The space moments are great. I love seeing that ship mm-hmm. and the dude getting sucked out, the dude getting flown into the solar panels. Like those were legitimately yeah. decent looking space yeah. shots. Yeah. And there was like a good amount of like carnage and like yeah. bad stuff happened to a lot of people. Yeah. It was silly silly dumb plot it's exactly like any of those 90s disaster movies yeah but it was thoroughly enjoyable and i was i was in every second of the movie compared to the ones that we had watched previous yeah i like with the like the dialogue it was hard for me not to just like the whole movie but like it was it was fun to kind of plug your ears and watch exactly was was that the one which one did we watch in 3d uh it had to be geostorm no no? geostorm yeah Yeah, so we watched it 3d too and that was that was pretty great (laughs) (laughs) yeah Fun, bad, cheesy, but at least enjoyable, fun, bad, cheesy instead of just not enjoyable at all. Yeah. um, And uh, okay. So there's this thing I never got to clarify with you on the day. Um, In front of us, there's this guy. um, And for the most part, like it was pretty quiet Mm -hmm. um, in the theater. But at this one point he like reached over into his bag and was like rustling in his bag for so long, just crinkling and crinkling and crinkling. And I was like getting like a little annoyed and I looked down and he pulled out um, a bag with a sausage what that's and i at that moment you burst out laughing and i thought you had seen that oh maybe i do not recall i mean at this point we had had several drinks (laughs) right yeah Uh, something must have happened on the screen at that moment because i really wanted to confirm with you like did you see the guy with the sausage in front of us no i don't i don't recall (laughs) this at all that is hilarious (laughs) that was like the biggest standout to me from the whole day (laughs) that was a was that a vip screen that we were in um for that was a geostorm yeah Uh, So in Geostorm, a guy in front of us pulled out a sausage? No, we weren't in... um, We weren't in... We were in VIP for Death Day, Geostorm. We were in IMAX for Jigsaw. Jeez, wow, what a day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we weren't in just regular seats for... No, because we saw Jigsaw downstairs and we went upstairs to the VIP area and remember we were in one screen and we just had to go around the corner to the other one. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. You just got so used to that luxury now. <laughs> that luxury, yeah, but... but dude takes out a sausage Insane. in front of us. No, I yeah. did not I did not see that. It was clearly something on screen that I was laughing at. <laughs> Some punchy line of dialogue or... For me, it was just like, I thought we were both like, like what are you... <laughs> just get your snack open your bag of chips or whatever you're doing but no a full sausage and then he just like, pulled out in a, a bun whole, no just sausage <laughs> sausage and he just was chewing on yeah. this oh man that is and then you laughed and i was like yes so i laughed really hard but i was laughing at the sausage man i mean he's in a vip screen <laughs> so he'll spring for the nice seats in the comfort but he is not he's bringing his own sausage he is not buying a hot dog well, at he, the theater. he doesn't like the sausage that they make no <laughs> he brings his sausage from home. that vip a little too fancy <laughs> he doesn't need that dijon mustard he just wants the dog straight up he just needs the dog they won't serve it to him without the bun that's why all right all right <laughs> just take it out of the bun He's tried many times before, but he's just had enough. <laughs> oh, God. I laughed really hard, and I thought you did, too. No, but there there were, like, a ton of moments where we were both just laughing hysterically at the movie. Oh, yeah. It was uh, hilarious, and we have to get out the president is definitely one of those moments. And even, like, they're the, near the end scene where they're on the highway, and it's, like, a standoff, and no support is anywhere else it's just for some reason those four characters the president the guy who's trying to <laughs> sabotage everything and like this this the classic gun showdown and that's where the ed harris turn comes mhm yeah love it was very enjoyable at that time yeah it was pretty great <laughs> and i hope that the sequel to the exorcist we can enjoy at the very least for how bad it is how silly it is seeing james earl jones yeah i, I think we should just try to have a good ass time Let's watch some more Exorcist and kick off year two. What do you think? Right on. Let's do it, man. All right. Cheers. Calling for me out in the night, but Regan's bad. Regan. And I know that. Regan. I know. I keep wanting to say Regan and Kokomo and yeah, Kokomo, Kokomo, Kokumo, 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 Takuvma. The Star Wars, the Star Trek. So let's go over which words were repeated the most in this movie. It seems like Kokumo, Kokumo. Although we can't even say it yet. No, like that's K- the Kokomo. word we heard. Kokumo, I think. So we heard that word. I'd say six hundred times. I'd say yeah. And then the word "father" maybe eight hundred times. So you think father was more than Kokumo? I think there were three scenes in this movie, and each of those three (laughs) scenes stretched out over 40 minutes. Scene number one. Let's hear it. The therapy session where they put on the the Mm. belts. Right. They put on plastic-looking belts on their head. They literally gave them no budget for this thing. It's Mm -hmm. like, really? Zero dollars. It's just, yeah, they spend a fiver at a dollar store. All right, give me two belts. I need (laughs) a roll of dental floss and... Uh, give caps me, from Superglue. Yeah, give me some plastic caps. <laughs> that is straight up a belt. Yep. With four hanging strings. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it looks awful. And that also happens to be in the scene where they're like just overlaying those two scenes the scene of them doing like wearing that stupid headgear mm-hmm. and the scene of um, Old Priest dying by Reagan's hand in the flashback. Right. They just put those images over top of each other. Mm-hmm. And then stretch it out for 35 minutes. It just, it would not end. And the light was just going like a strobe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and And their cool effect was, lower your tone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, but then someone else was like, now my turn. And then they put the thing on their head and it was like, Mm -hmm. and then lights are flashing. (laughs) Wait, wait, now let me go in. (laughs) Switch me out, Reagan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wong. So they tag team these <laughs> stupid little inceptiony headgear things, yeah, and it's just like that scene just lasted forever. And it just wouldn't end, and it was just assailing the senses the whole time. Uh huh. And then it starts with just on Reagan, and so it's just one whoa whoa flash flash, and then another person gets added in, mm-hmm. and it starts mixing up. And then we get the flashback thrown in where it's all screaming and wind and weird hand gestures, and yep, it, it was just a. I called it dog shit. Yeah. Because I couldn't think of a better word. I think that's complimentary. <laughs> and they're in... Let's talk about this institution of sorts for, we're, for kids and teens. We really love this movie, by the way. Loved it. <laughs> it was a blast. <laughs> it was terrible. It was so bad. It was so bad and very fun to just, yeah, just rip into the whole time. Yeah, we we were not quiet at all. I would not have gotten through this alone. Like, mm-hmm. I would have been <laughs> no. so bored. I would have fast-forwarded... Yeah, and got as much out of it as we did watching the full thing. Probably. Yeah. No, I had time to like just daydream about mm-hmm. skiing and stuff. Like skiing, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about some slopes. I guess we were in like the arid desert, so you were trying to think of the exact opposite. Like, like how try, do I transcend get, this? Get me out of here! Get me out of here! Swiss Alps, Swiss Alps. <laughs> skiing, <laughs> the skiing the moguls. Skiing the moguls. Yeah. So you're in this this like it was kind of cool looking weird building, but not for like a therapy. No, place. it was all wood and windows. And windows. So there's no privacy whatsoever. No. Even Regan is on the couch being analyzed, and you can just see every all these other kids just playing everywhere else. So just playing and, and being therapied and But privacy's clearly not a concern to Reagan, who after being introduced to this scary inception-y device, is first resists it. But then sees a priest come in, is intrigued by the priest, oh, man. and is like, let's do the inception and let's keep this priest in the room. <laughs> so it sucks because there is an actual demonic force in this that's controlling everything so you can justify everything by like, yeah, the demon led her back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you get away with writing the movie bad. Yep. Yeah, she's leaving. She's like, hey, look, I have this this hypno- hypnosis machine where our brains can go together so I can see what you went through. Reagan's like, nah nah that sounds invasive and i don't think that there's anything wrong with me then a single glimpse of this priest just a stranger walks into the room and bazuzu is licking his lips yeah she comes back she's like by the way though i changed my mind completely it's like okay i'll go no no no, stay you can stay someone she's never met or talked to yeah she's like no you can stay and, and shuffle into the mix for all i care yeah by all means take my head thing and put it on if you feel <laughs> the need So there's, like, windows, maybe two-way mirrors just throughout this whole place. There must be kids who are playing, like, tag or whatever running into those windows. Holy shit, you're totally right. Day in and day out, there are broken noses. Because you see kids gunning it around, and it is very hard to tell what's a window and what's a, a door frame. Yeah, because, and it's like, you don't even get a lot of frames. It's like, they frame just the outside of the window itself. Exactly. It's mostly window. And they were very clean windows. Very clean. You're right. There are bloody noses. Everywhere left and right people just run through glass every couple days and also you would have no idea where the doors are because the doors are also window looking things that happen to for some reason automatically slide open and close when people approach them. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, there's just like a weird Star Trek sliding door. It felt door. like Star Trek. It <laughs> felt like you're approaching the bridge, and the door just opens and shut. Yeah, weird black against the otherwise clear or wood. Yeah, that was and strange. there's not a handle. Like they're not <clears throat> opening or shutting these doors. They're going automatically. These it, things are opening and sliding. I don't was, understand this building. I I don't get it either. That was just fucking weird, perplexing. And most of the settings that they had were some huge, weird looking, weird color on the ceiling. When he met mm-hmm. the the cardinal or whatever the pope looking guy. Yeah, whoever that was. Um, yeah, I, I wonder where that was shot. So it, I feel was, like a lot was in New York, but yeah, I think it, most of it was in New York. But mm-hmm. um, there was just a huge like mural, and like yeah. there was a door in the wall itself, like that was invisible. Like otherwise, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's just like where the this crazy high up cardinal priest gets dressed, right, in front of this huge mural with a hidden door in it. I think get dressed is giving him too much credit because he has three people that are dressing him. Yeah. They're like taking off his rock and old Byzantine era clothes. Like the Cinderella birds. Uh Just flying around him, undressing him, putting his cross on, right? Even that just felt so weirdly unnecessary. Like he goes and he doesn't really need their permission or get their permission. He just acts otherwise. Oh man, and um, I don't know why, but then when he goes and talks to him again, there were moments in this movie where, like, if you follow the story close enough, like it's more or less making sense under its own rules, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious when one of the characters are like confronted with another one. Yeah. So when he comes back and he's talking to that priest guy for the second time, he's like, "I figured it all out. I mind melded with this person, <laughs> and I was flying behind a locust, and I know <laughs> about Pazuzu." And he's like, "Jesus, I told you to investigate this guy's death, not go on some vision quest. You're off the case." <laughs> <laughs> you are just a rip raving drunk lunatic right now. And at the at beginning, he was at the start, he was against the idea of investigating, right? He didn't want to do it at all. He didn't want to he, do it. He had it. to be persuaded to do it, and then yeah. the tables just turned entirely. Completely. He's like, I'm totally in. Yeah. So we had, I mean, that opening in, uh, scene with the Inception device was just forever 40 minutes. And then <laughs> another good 40 minutes of this movie are just establishing shots, flying shots with oh, either yeah. locusts or not locusts in front of it. Weird, horrible. Like, I think a lot of those rock face aerial shots was a little model like didn't it look like it was just a tiny built model with the camera swooping over top of it i think you might be right about that Mm -hmm. man how many annoying ass first person like shots were there where they were just flying through a bunch of extras like diving out of the way it just it would not end you're like please a real scene please there's no reason for this movie to be two hours not at all not the fuck at all you could be make it an hour 15 with all this footage and not miss any plot you could make it an hour 15 just by taking out the shots of planes taking off and landing. Oh, so much plane. That's a, that, thank you for bringing that up. There's a lot of that same plane shot over and over again. The third most word that we heard was of a plane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was it. Yep. Oh, God. Um. There what it, was the thing that just I was thinking of something that drove me insane. It'll come back. Um, it, it will. There's too much. There's so, so many fucking little things that we like burst out laughing because they were so ridiculous. Be mm-hmm. them lines or the way something was shot or the effect of something or just the way that what's his priest stood up into the shot at the end when the that house was amazing. falling apart. That, we'll, we'll get to that house falling apart thing because that's that, everything about that was incredible. There's so much but little things like that it's yes. so hard to like bring up why that was so ridiculous. Yeah, but I this think movie is laced with that kind of bullshit. You're totally right. And I think it was all these moments of the movie... Taking itself too seriously and thinking that this kind of a thing would work, mm. like, oh, if we have him coming up here, then it'll look great, and the locust yeah. is coming. But instead, it just looks ridiculous. Yeah. You'll think he's dead, but it'll show you that he's still there. Okay, it looks so, like an infomercial starting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah that that scene in particular, that scene for right sure. There. So, Kuokumo, Kuo Kokumo, Kokumo, Kokumo. So Kokumo is a locust king, but also a researcher in New York who's researching locusts. Yeah, he was a little villager healer Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yep. Or ward of the badness or whatever, something like that. Who lives in isolation in like a cave thing. Yeah. Who, if you want to interact with, there's like a cool little test thing you have to walk across. Yeah. And so he just flies the fuck down to Africa Mm -hmm. and just tries to find him by asking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like knocking on doors. No, no. First, he's aware that he's in a clay hut village, quote unquote, uh, mud. it's like a mud village. Right. Mud village. <laughs> a mud village. So he books a plane to Africa, Africa. <laughs> to go to the mud village. <laughs> and knows exact he just is arrives in some place yeah. and just starts talking to locals who to don't a, speak the language. He talks to a French guy. He's just like yes. Kagum- Kagumo? Yeah. And I think and it then, is Ethiopia, but they don't explain yeah, how right, he right. knows that or why. Right. Yeah. And then he just says like Kagumo? And yeah. then the guy's like, Kagumo? He just started saying it a bunch of times, and then the scene's over. The father leaves the scene. The camera stays on that dude, and he almost like looks the camera one more time and goes Kokumo. <laughs> While we were like riffing about it, oh my- yeah, like we he were, was like, getting how many in on the is, joke. How many times is he going to say Kokumo? Oh, Kokumo, like, <laughs> insane. But then, like, I'm I'm so perplexed by him finding James Earl Jones mm-hmm. in a wicked locust costume. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Got it. Awesome headpiece, <laughs> and. Steps across that one that got me a little bit when he steps and you see the blades going through his foot. That was that was okay. Yeah, and then he collapses into like that black water. That was yeah, and then reappears. Is that in New York where he is reappearing, or I know I think he was still in Ethiopia there. That was like a research a research center there. So with Kukomo, but this he's no longer in weird garb in a cave. He's now. A research doctor scientist. Yeah, and I think that was the like projection of the mad mind of this probably somewhat racist uh, priest. Oh, this is a very problematic representation. <laughs> oh, Ethiopia. Dang, isn't it ever? Oh, <laughs> uh, we can. Yeah. Um, but but I, th- that's so strange. Like, I think yeah, he walked in there and had some like fever dream where he saw him as the representation of his young self, mm-hmm. and there he had this task where he had to overcome walking on spikes, and he just sticks his. Stew- and that's why like, he has no shoes on already. Yep, when he walks into that scene for some fucking reason, even though he's walking through dirt streets. Yeah, at first I thought I thought it was cool because they didn't focus down on what yeah, he had to walk across. Too. And then they go down and you see these sharp little blades and yeah. they just pierce right through They're his They're like foot. four or five inches. Yeah. They're like really long. And so then he I... falls down into them and I thought that was great. And mm-hmm. then they were gone and he wakes up. He clearly just walked into that research center like kukumo, Kukuma, and passed out. Yes, I like it. So I like that. That the whole cave and approaching him was just this weird fever dream or maybe a demon projection of meeting this person when really it was just a distinguished researcher that he had to go and meet and interact with. Yeah. I'm. But interestingly, he still had those that like face paint on. Those Even look, though he was in the research, I think those were facility. like facility. Those might, he didn't like right when we were introduced to him as the doctor character, they like came back. Or maybe I'm crazy. They came were there back where? Um like or the those tattoo lines on his cheeks. Yeah. I feel like right when we when it he fell down and it swapped from mm-hmm. locust Kakumo to Doctor Kakumo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, he didn't have them on his face. No, he did. Later in the scene that they appeared on his face. Oh, they reappeared? As, I, I thought so. I thought they were completely gone, but then I also think that they're tattoos. They should stay there. Oh, man, who knows? Who fucking knows? Who knows? It, if, um, if they weren't there and they came back, that doesn't mean much. Yep. <laughs> you know, it means his brain is still like connecting these two images of this character, the doctor one and the tribal one. Yep. If they're still there, it means they're tattoos and of course they're going to stay there. And he is doing research into the locusts and trying to really fight and promote this good locust this force yeah. of good so pazuzu represents the bad evil locust the spirit of the wind they say a few times yeah and, and that's like the spirit of a bunch of locusts all riled up yes yes yeah. bad locusts yeah and but there there clearly is they're trying to write if i'm trying to understand this writer they're trying to like establish a good versus evil yeah. thing with the locusts themselves and i that, did there is good in the world it's very small but we can give it a shot to try to yeah. beat this is the this evil. new black one and what it does is it doesn't get all jacked up yeah and maybe it can bring about calm with the other ones and there won't be any mad swarms of locusts They'll exactly just be individuals who don't do anything and in that final scene then i like to break too. in the black locusts burst in so this kind of like yeah. the good and evil represented all at once mm-hmm. i i yeah. and this is a stretch to try to see yeah. what are they trying to do with this insane story and i think they're just it's if they were brown or if they were black it doesn't totally matter like they're mm-hmm. blasting them with a high speed fan I and the highest speed fan like. yeah you could tell when the actors got hit in the face with that stuff it was real like, oh fuck. man yeah I, um i will say that i did like the um james Earl jones uh locusty stuff oh yeah oh yeah. like just in that whole scene going through the bugs everywhere yeah i liked just like the explanation and what was going on there and how the locusts get riled up and mm-hmm. what that represents well you're a oh, bug fan i love bugs and that <laughs> no. that whole scene like even up before he met Kokomo kukumo there was um <laughs> there were just i feel like there's a 10 minute sequence of just no after he met him in the lab there's a 10 minute sequence of his voiceover explaining locusts and just lots of shots of locusts and different oh, yeah. behaviors so at that point it just switched straight up into like a national geographic just bug footage yeah just a, like a half hour special on bugs he even said like he's like all right and so um james lead into this clip by saying look at them in all their different forms mm-hmm totally he straight up leads and then it in was the, almost like faded in yeah and then he was in a sound studio for just definitely <laughs> he oh, was on set for three days abs like max yeah maximum i think you could do one day probably a day in both sets like just one day in the cave and then one day walking around and then yeah third day voiceover yeah. and and i guess one or two days when he was younger when oh yeah a few flashback clips yeah yeah that probably wasn't james earl jones probably not <laughs> Um. So this movie was nine. 19- I was thinking about this when we were watching it. This movie is nineteen seventy seven, right? Four years after the first mm-hmm. one. Uh, Star Wars is also nineteen seventy seven. So James Earl Jones shot these probably close to back to back around the same yeah, time. Wow, he did Vader and he did Exorcist Two. I bet you anything, he thought Exorcist 2 would be the more successful one. Because Star Wars just a weird niche sci-fi I one. bet you he totally did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay, yeah, I got to do this weird sci-fi movie that's probably going nowhere, but I'm also doing but the sequel of The Exorcist. I landed a role in Exorcist 2, so... that That's going to make my career. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious to think about. <laughs> one day I'm going to be a cartoon lion. So that whole... I did kind of even though it's terrible i did kind of enjoy watching the effects of the whole last act the last sequence they threw a lot of money at it i was cool with that yeah i didn't like i mean some parts were outrageously silly absolutely but like at the same time that was where the most interesting it was part exciting to was, watch yeah they yeah. get back to the house of course sharon and what's the therapist's name did you catch a therapist therapist and sharon <laughs> Uh, crash a car into the house <laughs> and it's like it was fired out of a cannon into a active dishwasher or something like it's just banged up so crazily it is chewed up yeah folded in in every possible way yeah like a car just like going at normal taxi road speeds yep. getting hit by a swarm of locusts mm-hmm. and then hopping over the curb and going into somebody's yard mm-hmm. is not like a tank that just went over a mine no Yeah, so that was funny. And then even the way that it was shot, once the priest was Uh, kind of pointing at the door Uh, and Regan's inside there, Uh there's this this shot where Regan is walking towards the door and he's in the background still pointing that I thought was really creepy and it looked great before she finally opened the door. And, of course, you're going to see her there. Her there, yeah. Yeah, and then and, and then probably the time we laughed hardest is the priest going back and forth from beating up good Reagan <laughs> to beating up bad Reagan based on the most recent instructions given by one of the Reagans. <laughs> yeah, he just followed, not the commands of one of them. Yeah, and there just seemed to be no, no rhyme or reason other than it's the last thing he heard. But Reagan's like, "Kill her." He's like, "Sure." And he's like, "Killing her." He's like, "Kill her." He's like, "All right, okay." He R- like switches, rip out her heart. He's like, "You're the boss," <laughs> and it really helped. Um just imagining that just like the actor was, as we've learned, increasingly more drunk as the movie was filming towards the end, mm-hmm. to think of the character as being increasingly more intoxicated. It explains a lot of the weird <laughs> behavior. Yeah. Him flying back to the house and just ignoring everything Reagan is saying at him. Yeah. Father. Uh- Father. <laughs> Father. 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 He's just like so toasted. He's like, I just got to get through this. I just got to get through the spins right now. <laughs> yeah, he's just staring forward and they're filming, they're filming it and they're like, he's not reading his lines. Just, yeah. just keep saying father, trying to get his attention. We'll, we'll fix it in post. We'll yeah. rewrite the story. Whenever he, he tunes in and starts acting, we'll mm-hmm. just pick up from there. So just keep trying. And then they just had nothing to cut. So it's just father, father. And also, um, if, if you watch this movie, don't. But if you are... Um, there's a point in I don't even remember exactly where it is. I think he's in like the therapy place. Mm-hmm. But he looks directly at the camera. This is near the beginning. This yeah. is near the beginning. And he just like stares for a minute. And it looks like he's just discovered that there are cameras on him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's jarring <laughs> because you're watching it and all of a sudden he's looking directly at you. And yeah. we just kinda like looked at each other and we're like, is he He's looking at us? <laughs> and he's continuing exposition. Like, he's explaining his revelations to us, the viewer. Yeah. And then he does it again, I think, on the plane. Yeah. And he's, yeah. like, looking out the window, but he's looking right at the camera. Right at us the whole time. He's yeah. like, I know you're out there. I know about power. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're feeling this and judging me. Yeah. So it's a good paycheck, and I got to drink on set every yeah. day. I just like to think him so wasted and him being, like, a Truman show, like, getting skeptical that people are filming him. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's a great way to redeem this story, is that <laughs> he, the character... Character gets increasingly more drunk across, but also increasingly more aware that he's a character in a movie being watched by others yeah. through the TV screen. I like and uh knowing that like that little anecdote about him getting more and more drunk throughout mm-hmm. the production. Also, somewhere along the line he loses his collar and just start has this like kind of this shirt with a little bit of a flamboyant like color scheme underneath. Yeah. <laughs> he just switches to that. He goes from <laughs> priest with the priest collar to like 70s rockin' good yeah. time guy, and he doesn't like say any priest stuff again until way later in the movie. He gives like the burned up person, yeah, last rites, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's when he's a priest again. So Sharon is the victim of this story. Yeah, she gets burned up. No one else dies in this movie. Uh, Bad Reagan doesn't do well. She gets her heart. Pulled That's out. true. So and but Bad Reagan is just a manifestation of Pazuzu. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So I don't think Pazuzu's gone. It's just debilitated again temporarily. Yeah. They it, it even said something like has been not killed or defeated but right. like pacified for now or something yeah. like that that was that was a good way to leave it open yeah but sharon is toast Literally. sharon's toast um there's a couple things that um also stand out that go back a little bit in the movie first of all right before the crash when the cabbie punches a hole in the windshield uh-huh that was just awesome yep. I don't have much more to say other than that but that's a is great spinning shot out of control he doesn't have a visual i can't he's control a problem it. solver. Yeah. he's a problem solver. bam he just punches right in front of him and then the camera is on that little hole Uh as they crash as they crash that's a good that's a good crashing shot. i like that that's pretty much the start of that whole last act that's very enjoyable to watch yeah and that is a good way to everything before is definitive dog shit and yeah. then there's little smears of it throughout the last part. And don't get us wrong, it is not worth watching this movie for that end scene. No, it isn't. It, it doesn't redeem itself. No, it it's doesn't just that's the best part. But after like seemingly seventeen hours yeah. of the word father and like a light getting brighter and darker mm-hmm. with weird tony beep sounds. Yeah. It and was sweet, sweet relief. And um one of the slowest fall deaths in movies Mm, oh yeah Yeah. they they should have sped that thing up in post the effects were terrible for that (laughs) it was so bad and i think the problem of this movie top to bottom is trying to include too much detail Mm -hmm. and show things too well and too long they had four years to like come up with a good story and they just it's not good it's Mm -hmm. not that interesting But those falling scenes, yeah, and those rock, there's way too many weird, crazy sets that don't all, none of them really look overly convincing in the least. But those, when the people are falling down that rock face in slow motion, clearly being lowered in slow motion on harnesses down to like slightly graze against the side. And then yeah. when the priest is there... It was like Homer falling into the exactly the Springfield Gorge. But those that was more realistic physics when Homer is yeah, falling. He's bouncing around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Matt, just slow that down to 80%. And Please. that's what it was like. Exactly. That's, <laughs> And then the priest looks down and he's like, I think you fell down this crevice. And he just starts hand shimmying down a single rope. Yeah. <laughs> like that was an insane fall if he if he slipped off of that rope but he just went for it yeah he just fucking went to where the cruise. locals freaked out they're like what what is he doing and <laughs> they set up a whole rig to lower someone down <laughs> this guy's pulling the tom cruise yeah and then he finds like he's like see the body of the thing mm-hmm. and then they're like we don't believe you devil worshiper a body it, that's like clearly in a well-populated area yeah that would have been found not years too ago. hidden yeah fully intact and they're just like Whatever. Yeah. Get this guy out of here. No, he would have bounced off that ledge, so he would have been <laughs> like 50, fifty feet over. Oh. It's like, my no, gosh. we looked for like eight minutes, couldn't find him. A lot and, of and silly then, and then they don't believe him when like no. after he's like miraculously found this body, he's like, All right, so the reason I'm here is because of Pazuzu and then they're like, Nah, you're you're a demon, you don't know, what you're talking or you about. Don't know shit. Fuck you. Yeah. He's like, No, I'm not. I'm a it's like well if you wore your priest collar maybe they'd know Mr. Colorful shirt. Makes no sense like, No it doesn't. The locals how they understand it, why they're entertaining him for a little bit and then turn on him when they, he gives definitive proof of why he's there and, and it's like why is it important that they found that body? Why? Even? Thank you I thought maybe he was going to find an artifact on him that he needed to yeah. bring back because even the skeleton had a cross it. did yeah. It. I'm like oh that's going to be important. Yeah No. I or even, this is what the two things he either finds something on that body Yeah. or the fact that he found the body convinces the locals to help him find Kakumo. Dave, anything to move the plot forward. But, <laughs> but no. instead, no, it's just a wasted 15 pointless, minutes. Pointless, pointless. Yeah. You could trim so many scenes out of this movie. Yeah, and then we have to wait so long watching him go into that room where they're all like bowing down and he has to do it too. And mm-hmm. then he takes like the, the bread and the wine and stuff, like a huge pull out of the wine, which yeah. is hilarious. Also, we have right caught up in all those scenes is the like five minute detour where he thinks he's being led to Kakumo and it's really like a naked female. And they're yeah. like, is this Kokomu? And then they kind of laugh at yeah. him, and he leaves. He's like, no, a naked <laughs> woman. He's, like, backing away. Like, yeah. he's just seeing, like, a werewolf yeah. or something. He's like, no, no. I'm a priest, you yeah. idiot. <laughs> That's poison to me. Yeah. 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 But n- completely unnecessary. Yeah. And then later in the movie, as soon as Reagan's, like, evil Reagan's, like, get on me. He's like, yeah. And he just jumps he's on her. He's in <laughs> dragons like rip her heart out. He's like, that's good too. Yeah, which was I was exciting because they were kind of building up to a heart rip out scene the whole yeah. movie. Yeah, and when you first see the heart, you're excited, but it could have been way better. It could've. We could have gotten more. Yeah. Yeah, which reminds me of the whole opening sequence like 15 minutes in when they're doing first doing the Inception thing and good Reagan and bad Reagan are reaching for the therapist's oh heart. My God, and they just keep p- tossing her body back and forth and they're reaching in there and their yep. fingers are intertwined. Yeah, but like really stupidly. Like, yeah, like if you're trying to make fun of like one of those um, like infomercials where they knock the Cheetos over like mm-hmm. really over dramatically. Oh, yeah, it's like you never would have done that. It's like that's what their hands are doing trying to like occupy the same space totally you know of, of where this heart on this person would have been it was almost like an it snl was, sketch of like us tugging tug of war back and forth something like no yeah. yes eh, mm. no yes and their stupid just fingers doing fake movements over one another it was really really stupid and all that whole time it was like overlaying on top of the image of them in the therapy room. In the place. actual therapy room, yeah. It was just so dog shit to look at. And to look at for that long. And like it's one thing yeah, to have that yeah, as a yeah, little yeah. scene, but they just stretched it out. Yeah. are I mean, I think a dozen times in this movie, either you or I said, We're still watching this. Yeah. It's still this scene. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like going, like every time they showed that equalizer thing. Again, or synchronize, or whatever it was. And like, we get the concept of the flashing lights. We totally know what it means. We you don't, totally you don't need to introduce it as if it's exposition for yeah. the 20th time. Yeah. And if you're going to show the lights flashing, show us two times. That's it. That's how we know it's recurring. Instead, we had several full minutes of just yeah. a, a shot on a human that was looking forward with dead eyes with the light just going, yeah. yeah. yeah that's the that's the majority of this movie and it's just so awful so An- boring another so stupid another insane fall is when the house is ripping apart which i loved just i look good the house is yeah. just splitting into like jumanji jumanji style splitting yeah and it splits open about a half foot and good reagan somehow slips like in that half foot she could have easily jumped over she, gone to the other side of the room she did jump over and then like, fell back like you can even see the yeah. stunt person jumping <laughs> backwards into it yeah like jumping and like putting their hands down to catch their fall yeah like it was terrible physics are all over the place in this movie they don't matter in this movie but, but then they don't do cool stuff like putting someone on the roof or having like cool exorcism stuff people who cool. were like uh demons mm-hmm. they just had the face and they screamed and convulsed that was it. No no cool exorcist stuff. They had $14 million for this movie, and they didn't do any cool demon possession stuff whatsoever. Which was what made the first so good. So good. Yeah. Like Once you first see Regan, Regan float in the first one, mm-hmm. and once the bed moves around, those things are yeah. wonderful. You don't get any of that with this. No, they just threw money at t- making that house come apart at the end. Yep, split a house, and they probably spent a ton on gigantic fans that I assume are used to test airplanes most of the time yeah, just blasting in bugs and that was exciting when the windows broke and you had that high high power fan just yeah. like their hair is just blown back like nothing else yeah it's it's really high powered you can tell that that probably is uncomfortable <laughs> looks very uncomfortable yeah and I want to know how they did that effect of all the insane amount of locusts flying in at the same time because it looks like they're being smacked by a ton of things I think it's little things in the like little black pieces of paper or something, mm-hmm. something like that, with like weighted fronts so that right. they all fly in the same direction. I would love to see like a mini documentary of this movie. First of all, to get insight into some of those cool yeah. effects, but also two re edits. What was cut out? What was put back yeah. in? How is this the fixed product after t- two reworks? What did they, yeah, what was the first and the second <laughs> theatrical release like that they like? No, we got to change this. We have to change this even though it's out. Oh, apparently the uh, the original guy William um Patrick or William Friedkin the guy who directed the original one mm-hmm. was in like a screening of the first one and just he couldn't stop laughing. He had to like leave the movie after seeing this one. <laughs> and also at one of the screening one of the early screenings the creators were there, the writer and the director were in the audience and mm-hmm. someone in the audience 40 minutes in, 50 minutes in, probably deep into the strobe lights stood up in the middle of the movie and said the people who made this piece of shit are here in the audience and like (laughs) called them out and they had to leave. There were stories too about people throwing shit at the screen. They hated it so much. Like, wow, I would have thrown shit at the screen. People were pissed at this movie. Yeah. Fair enough. I waited a whole year to watch this movie Mm -hmm. and it was dog shit. They had to wait four years. Yeah. And it was just the biggest horror movie yeah. of all time. Yeah. And yeah, to yeah. have it followed up with this is just completely unacceptable. Yeah. Um, admittedly, I got some enjoyment out of it in an ironic sense. We okay. We had a great time watching it. Mm -hmm, No doubt. We were unquestionably. We were very bored and frustrated at a lot of scenes, but we were laughing and talking our way through all of it. I think. I think if you're a huge horror fan, you kind of have to just out of curiosity see what did they follow up the Exorcist with? What did those producers piece together? And if you can go in and just knowing that you're not going to see anything close to the quality of the first one, Mm. and just have a good time with a bunch of people it's a good laugh at movie yeah and um if three is good like and if they use some of the stuff that they set up in this one and Mm. it needs to exist fine yeah i can accept it but it is it is a bad follow-up it is a very bad follow-up yikes and also like we mentioned when we were talking but the actress who plays the therapist um who's from one flew over the cuckoo's nest Mm. she kind of looks a lot like ellen burson which is a, a little bit confusing yeah yeah, she is. Uh-huh. Um, also, like remarkably not dramatic as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like just had no inflection. In anything she said for most of the movie. Right. Yeah, you called that out about three quarters of the way through, and you're like, she's not adding any tone. She's just so bored. <laughs> she's still, still at this point in time, she is just bored at everything which is the same as the priest's performance They stole the equalizer so i think those those both those adults realize at that point you know it's day 25 of shooting they're like oh no this is this is terrible this is a terrible <laughs> movie so they just they just start drinking more and more mm-hmm. on the day sets days and they start delivering their lines like let's go upstairs we have to fly to dc <laughs> she stole the equalizer we keep calling it like the equalizer but whatever <laughs> it synchronizer. was synchronizer synchronizer yeah. the inception machine great take great take <laughs> pilot what is it like working on a set like that when you're nearing the end of the movie and you just everyone knows it's going to be a disaster yeah, i wonder yeah they also they really <laughs> didn't narratively explain like they didn't even give a single line unless i missed it where they say where her mom is nope they just don't bring it they just couldn't get her back the actor at Ellen Burstyn, yeah they just couldn't get her so so at, they replaced her with someone who looks kind of like her and as a different role yeah but the role is very just about the same because that's it's, maternal, her, it's yeah. her guardian because she she's right not, like old enough to be on her own well I guess Sharon is her actual guardian but the therapist is the or, sorry yeah Sharon's her guardian and yeah. and the therapist is sort of like managing her mm-hmm. extracurricular but issues. my assumption is that she's off acting because her mom was a famous actress so I think her mom is off doing some movie. And that's why Reagan gets to live in a multi-million dollar, beautiful, giant apartment in New York City. With incomplete railings. No railings. Well, there are railings. They just don't go all the way around. They're like, you know what's cool? Let's just not have railings at this spot. Yeah, That's not a hazard. <laughs> it's like a fence that you only put up every second panel. Millionaires don't like to party too hard and accidentally <laughs> walk <laughs> off their building. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what it is. It's the working class individuals who are constructing these railings who are like fuck these millionaires like these- <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make super slippery texture for the balcony <laughs> and a few gaps in the railing yeah and that crazy chrome like pigeon coop yeah. thing. yeah what is that oh they're doves oh the doves woke me up that's why i'm up so early yeah. fuck you like a weird oh a weird like pyramid thing of seven boxes for doves to come hang out in yeah they look like a crazy uh, huge chrome cat tree it was with a, with a bunch game. of like holes for cats to jump in and climb up on. But other than the weird cat tree and the lack of <laughs> railings, I would have loved that apartment. It would be beautiful. That was, uh, another one, though, that's like insane. Tons and tons of windows and glass. Yeah. You know? A lot of glass and reflective surfaces mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. I don't think I would have liked to. I mean, I would have loved to have that apartment for 20 minutes to sell it mm-hmm. and make you know so oh, much yeah. money. Cash in. And get something, you know. A little more, like you know, exposed brick. You know, maybe like on the ground level, yeah. or at least with solid railings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little lower than especially with, like, the thirtieth floor or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you're prone, if you're, if you're prone to possession, it's probably not a great idea to have right. such hazards <laughs> in your living space. <laughs> she just wakes up one day like teetering over the edge, mm-hmm. and then she's still just happy go lucky, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Sharon comes in there, she's like, Reagan, Reagan. She's like, I'm here behind the weird cat dove thing. Yeah, I'm right over here crouching, even though I heard you, you know, yelling frantically twenty times. Yeah, that's just how it works in movies. Also, Reagan has no friends, no social life. Is she in school? I don't know what she does. All I know is I she th- goes to therapy. I think she's an art. Right, she's she's painting things, but she's got a bunch of like, but it's all around her little area in her mm-hmm. room, right? And then she when she went to the therapy place, she drew the picture, and right? It was also very good. So is she just the the chi- the troubled child of an actress who is so rich that she just goes to therapy and then at home draws some things? Because there was no indication that her art was part of a career or school or anything. I'm I, just trying to wildly speculate. Yeah, <laughs> about no, this I, my wild speculation would be that it is for some reason, but it could just be the the abyssal void of cinema and she does nothing she just draws pictures and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what do you do as a for a living it's like oh i i live here in i New go York. to therapy and i, I feed the doves I and go in therapy i take care of my doves i draw my pictures what do you do uh-huh i do the synchronized machine um <laughs> i try I, to get the attention of priests. <laughs> i synchronize <laughs> that's what we all do right <laughs> what do you mean you're poor just get some doves just get, get some doves in their chrome house in man chrome dove house but that's enough i guess for the producers they're like look people will come and it was a success financially it enough was, people saw it yeah yeah so the producers are just they're right to say oh it's a huge movie as long as we get that main star back nothing else matters it can be a shitty mm-hmm. script as long as people recognize reagan and it's it is the same actress playing reagan that'll be enough to carry it yeah and let me say this um i do love how and love is the right word because I am looking forward to seeing more exorcist movies. Mm-hmm. I do love how, um, Reagan was still super important and she was the star of the whole movie. And she was generally very similar to the character in the previous movie. a very happy go lucky, you know, young girl, mm-hmm. you know, thrust into terrible circumstances. Right. But in this one, she's less afflicted overall. So you get to see more of her like bright personality. Yeah. That's I, very good point. I enjoyed the fact that like the movie still still, stays true to like she is dealing with something internally like they completely turned on its head the exorcism and like what the demon was like Mm -hmm. and that was kind of sucky yeah um i would have loved to just see more like i know she didn't want to do it but more facial prosthetics and chained down to a bed and doing weird demon stuff and the double was clearly not her no like it, it looked pretty bad but but i did like your point about um in the first one just to build on what you were saying in the first one she really is kind of Passive vehicle. Like Mm. the star is Pazuzu. Pazuzu is doing all the talking and dialogue. Right. Reagan, you see a bit of her character at the start when she's playing with the Ouija board. Captain Howdy Mm -hmm. um, interrupting the party to urinate in front of everyone. (laughs) Uh, In this one, she's more active. You actually get to see her personality. So they develop her as a character a little bit more. Yeah. It's not a great written character, but it's nice to explore that. Mm -hmm. That's at least a smart impulse. All right. Should we go to Instagram comments? Nah, not today. Okay. Thanks, (laughs) Scary Cats, for listening. So our comments today come from our Halloween episode. And Crazy for FLCL. Crazy for Focal. For Focal. There's a lot in that name. What is FLCL? What do you think that is? FLCL? Florida Clusters? Florida Clusters. Yeah, Crazy for Florida Clusters said on the Halloween post, I always thought it was funny that the artist drew the knife wrong. Yeah, in that poster. Mm -hmm. That is my favorite comment on that post. Because as soon as I saw it, I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Because the knife... So what's wrong about it? The knife is kind of curved and it's flipped backwards. The blade is like, yeah, curved the wrong way. Yeah, no no blade is curved with a sharp end on the curve itself. Yeah, well, there are some blades like that, but not yeah, like that a like, typical steak knife looking. Right, yeah, the steak knife has like a blade curve. Yeah, yeah, they needed that curve to like on the cascading image make it look like a pumpkin. Exactly, um, but that's the wrong direction of the blade of the knife. <laughs> and and I think part of it too is like how the blade is being held in the hand. Yes, is yeah. not like the knife that in it's not. It's clearly yeah, not. It's just knife. backwards. It's yeah. a backwards knife. Absolutely, it's hilarious. Um, and we have another comment here on our Halloween post from Gorilla great just great you know we're <laughs> big fans California. oh Fornia knows michael didn't get the mask from the truck driver he stole the clothes from he broke into his store and stole the mask that's when annie and laurie roll by the sheriff with the alarm going off and he tells them uh, "Ha oh and another tidbit is i think it was deborah hill's arm uh, playing as the young michael in the opening scene grabbing the knife now i have to go clean up the butter i spilt great pot <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for cleaning that up. So clearly we missed missed that, clearly, that Michael breaks in and steals steals the mask. And right after I read that, I could see the the shot i'm like that's just great right. great writing yeah. is that we see it but it didn't draw enough attention to either of us exactly to like you know arouse our suspicions but that's when he's getting the iconic mask that's perfect that's uh-huh. great and another great tidbit there is that it's deborah hills arm who is the co-writer with john carpenter that's cool of the story yeah so cool. she got to have a little cameo with holding the knife in that yeah. opening thing that's awesome i love that yeah yeah and uh, yeah clean up that butter that you spilt you'll get you'll watch get out watch out <laughs> and maybe cook with a little less butter yeah just, yeah, just whip that whole your whole outfit off in one move motion. Mm. Just down to your unders. Especially when you're babysitting a child in the <laughs> next room, like for crying out loud. <laughs> also, yeah, I don't I don't need that much butter on my popcorn. When I make you know when I make it home, no no worries. When I buy the movie theater, no no butter, no you, thank you. You don't need two gallons of butter. Nope, it's soggy, it's gross. I just do you get butter on your popcorn at the theater? Yeah, me and everyone else in the world we do. Yeah, no, we love No, not that. everyone else. Come on, scaredy cats, right? The fucking. Uh, twitter poll (laughs) do you have butter on your popcorn (laughs) twitter poll twitter poll do you cook with butter i'm doing it when we're launching this episode i'm gonna do twitter poll saying do you get butter on your popcorn all right scaredy cats let us know if chris did it yeah (laughs) thanks for those comments thank you so much for those comments (laughs) (laughs) uh crazy for florida clusters and gorilla California. all right scaredy cats thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the text chris dave saw massacre my name is david stombra my name is chris vandenberg and as always Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. You gotta kill the right Reagan, chaos reigns. Year two, baby. Year two, text your staves uh, wee! Another 60 coming.